cliffcentral.com. How are you, Mr. Tatsi? Very good. How are you guys? Good. You're looking very professional there in a hoodie this morning. Not not your usual suit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your usual suit and tie when you pitch up to talk to us in the morning. It's, it's a nice change, I must say. <laughs> so, Seleho, there's lots to talk about this morning. Let's just start off with Mr. Price because they are looking to raise some capital. I think everybody is right now, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it's an interesting announcement. So they're saying that they, they're trying to get shareholder approval to raise about 10% of their issued shares, which is about 3 billion rand at today's prices. And it's interesting because Mr. Price actually has the strongest balance sheet out of the clothing retailers. Doing this because they want to be on the front foot. They want to have the ability to make acquisitions. Um, and, and given they do have a strong balance sheet, I think that is a believable reason. Uh, so it is quite an interesting uh, angle that they're taking here. Um, won't there be a lot of companies who are willing to sell a whole bunch of shares now just to get some some money in? Because really liquid capital at the moment is is the real gold. Um, people who have cash flow problems right now will will be issuing shares. They'll be doing whatever they can to try and just definitely keep, I, to just keep their businesses alive. Yes, I think for most companies, they uh, most businesses are going to be looking to do this on a uh, from a more defensive standpoint because, as you say, you know, just to uh, keep the lights on and have uh, sort out their cash flow issues. I uh, suppose the question is, how willing will shareholders be to? to um, put forward this capital for companies that don't have balance sheets that are as good as Mr. Price's? Yeah, well, if that, that's a big question. If they're doing it, I mean, we, we know Edgar's is now out of the picture. I mean, they're probably not going to make it at all. They, they may even have sold off the last bit of their stock to try and make some money to pay people. But that's going to severely change the picture, not just Edgar's, but all the others, of what the retail space looks like. And people are still going to need clothes, no matter how poor they are. And maybe Mr. Price is well positioned also, being a slightly less expensive option for people to uh, pick up some of Edgar's to pick up some of Edgar's market that they can leave behind. Yes, I think what we're seeing not just in South Africa but abroad is the the retailers that were struggling before this uh, this crisis are really just not able to survive through it, and so the the stronger retailers are just picking up market share. So that's companies like Mr. Price. So although not that they would see this as a positive um, crisis, this whole thing. But I think ultimately Mr. Price will come through this in a stronger competitive position than some of its its peers. All right, let's talk about Investec because they uh, published their results for the year that ended 31 March. What do those look like? Yeah, so those were pretty, I would say, disappointing uh, across the board, particularly out of uh, the UK. So the, the bank and the wealth business in the UK – and really, if you think about it in geographies, uh, South Africa and the UK, and even before the, the, this pandemic, those are two er, two geographies that have had macroeconomic issues. Uh, South Africa, we have no growth. In the UK, they dealing they were dealing with Brexit uncertainty, and so Investec's just been dealing with a really tough environment. Uh, their earnings were down 24%, and in their outlook, they aren't guiding for things to get much better in the short term, which is understandable. Um, all right, so nothing to look forward to is what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, essentially. I mean, the, the, that's the good news, right? Um, because honestly, they, they probably have, have been more careful and cautious than some. Yes, yeah. All right, let's talk. Who is Afrimat? What are they? So, 
So Afrimat is a small company, small South African company, and they their initial major business uh, was aggregates, um, construction materials, and they've recently acquired an iron ore company. And they're actually doing relatively well, which is, I suppose, encouraging because there aren't too many South African companies in that position. And it's mostly because of this iron ore mine. So uh-huh. profits profits at this mine were up uh, 60% because in addition to prices being strong, they also had they also sold a lot more iron ore. And they managed to keep their aggregates business uh, essentially flat. Really great results given the circumstances, although it is important to point out that these results were to the end of February, so uh, a bit before the lockdown started. Okay, so th- there's a little rave light there with Afrimat. How about Spa? Spa, yeah, so a company I think we're all familiar with. They also had a, a decent set of results, and it was actually driven by mostly their South African uh, business. So in addition to South Africa, Spa also operates uh, outside of South Africa in places like Switzerland, Poland, and Ireland. And their offshore businesses are actually the parts of their business that are, are dragging uh, group earnings, uh, mm-hmm. ke- keeping those earnings uh, back uh, holding those earnings back. But South Africa managed to grow its its profits by 16%, which is a great result. And SPA surprisingly declared a dividend of, of two rand per share, which, you know, most companies at this time are cutting dividends mm-hmm. uh, or postponing dividends. So that was really, really well taken by the market and the share price reacted very positively on the day. It was up about 6%. Now, obviously, they would have given no detail about what happened after March, but Spar is being a food retailer, one of the few businesses that would have been able to keep going during lockdown. Do we, do we have any idea of how the other retail businesses that were allowed to trade have fared? So the, it, it seems that uh, gener- generally these retailers, food retailers, or even um, pharmacy and drug retailers, they are seeing, they are benefiting from a comparative standpoint in that, as you say, they can stay open. But even they are saying, seeing volumes decline after that initial, I suppose, uh, flurry of people stocking up on, on uh-huh. food or stocking up on sanitizer, etc. Yeah. So volumes have volumes have come down and on a year-on-year basis are, are lower. I mean, Pick and Pay, for example, did allude to the fact that uh, their lower, their higher margin stuff, which is where they make most of their money, those goods at the moment. Yeah. Um, so it's even even for these uh, food retailers, it's it's definitely a tough time at the moment. Um, Soho Sun have got to be one of those businesses that we're worried about because hotels, hospitality, tourism yes. is just broken, um, and we don't know how long it's going to take for it to be fixed. But how are Soho Sun looking in their results that they they gave? They gave a trading update, right? Yes, uh, things are looking very tough for them, as, as we can expect, I suppose. Uh, they are lobbying through industry bodies to actually have uh, these travel restrictions relaxed so that they can start opening their hotels because, as you say, they, you know, you've got no revenue and you still have a very fixed cost base and, and it's absolutely killing them at the moment. So their adjusted earnings per share are down by about 33%. It's the trading update, so they gave a range. And they just they operate in the, the eye of the storm, really. I mean, they said that in March, which is usually the peak month 
they had a significant revenue decline. They didn't give uh, a number, but uh, you would imagine it's pretty pretty dire. So sure. a, a very tough uh, situation for them, really. Um, Saleho, what about the the Saab decision the other day to reduce interest rates by another 50 basis points? What do we make of that? And do you think it's going to help people who are who are you know saddled with a lot of debt at the moment? How else does it affect the economy? What does it mean for people who've saved? So it it was expected, I suppose, is the the first point to make. So the the rand had been strengthening up up to that announcement, but it didn't react particularly largely because of this this decision. Uh-huh. It is. I do think it provides some relief to our economy, and we desperately need it. Um, it's. Uh, I suppose it's it's. On, on the balance, it's slightly negative for savers and, and positive for debtors. But I think for the economy as a whole, we, you know, we, we were struggling as a, as an economy coming into this crisis. And, and so we, yeah, we really need all the stimulus that we can get. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go overseas for a second. Uh, Hong Kong, the US, you want to look at those with us quickly? Yeah. So on Friday, Hong Kong stocks were down close to 6% because of this uh, proposed security law that China wants to impose. Uh-huh. Uh, it's down It's down another percent today. And I, I think what's interesting about this is it looks like it's understanding TIFF, if you can call it that, between the US and China. And really, I, I think the market just doesn't know where things go from here. And it hates uncertainty. And that's why you're seeing such big drawdowns as a result. Sure. Okay, um, U.S. jobless claims is really the last thing we have to look at because that's just the biggest story in America right now. And obviously there are millions of people who now find themselves out of work and are claiming unemployment. And and if America, as you've discussed with us many times, if America sneezes, we all get the cold. Yes, uh, and we definitely have the cold right now. So they said that last week they had – or the week before last week, sorry, they had – 2.4 2.4 million people claiming unemployment. And that now brings the total amount of people that have claimed unemployment since it's to just under 39 million people. Good and to put that into, it's, an, it's a massive number. And to put that into context, the U.S. workforce is about 150 or 160 million people. So it's roughly one in every four uh, adult uh, people who who can work or are looking for work are out of work at the moment. Yeah. Um, the big question is is whether this is how temporary is this? So will people be able to get some of these jobs back quickly, or or is this a longer term phenomenon? We will have to wait and see, and we'll have to wait and see when we speak to you again. Thank you, Salehu. It's always good to check uh, in with you, yes. and thank you for the information. It's always good. It's a pleasure as always. All right, man. Speak to you later. Seleko Tsatsi giving us a little update on the money shot this morning. Useful and uh, and practical information for those of us who are concerned about where the money is, if there's any money, and what's going on. Cliffcentral.com.